and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. talking about the, the things that are happening in um, in the different universities. You know, I, I was, um, I thought what's so cool is that when I would open up my, um, my computer or my phone or anything and it would come to like the news page, I thought, oh, oh, what a delight that the this is coming up in the news like you know and even like little clips you know um one of the clips had uh worship music going and and they were singing that song called gratitude it's that um that i throw up my hands and i'll praise you again and again and it's like oh this is coming across mainstream media Woo! I like that. That's this, like, man, way, way different than what a lot of things have been coming across. And so, wow, praise God, right? Um, uh, I, I did want to give you a, um, a, a testimony, too, um, of a, that somebody shared with us. Um, so somebody brought their spouse in a few weeks ago, uh, for prayer um, into our prayer room on a Sunday morning. And there were a few different folks here that gathered around and prayed for this, this individual. And it was, it was prayer for um, a healing of liver cancer. And um, just, just as a really cool praise report, um, at their latest appointment, which was this week, uh, their oncologist reported that the liver is no longer bleeding, showing signs of healing, tumor markers are way, way down, and overall doing wonderfully. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I just, such a good report, right? Wow. So good. So, so good. I put down this scripture. I've been looking at a lot of these scriptures that Paul, the things that Paul says about um, when he brings his messages, when he brings, when he preaches. And and this one says, um, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith, would not rest on wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And I, I, I just think, you know, we, we bring whatever it is we feel like the Lord's putting on our heart, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's all about his power. It's all about his transformation. It's all about what he's speaking to us. And... Um, I don't know. I just, I would just like to invite you to trust that God wants to speak something to your heart today. Um, do you know there are times, there are times where I'm sitting 
and I'm listening to a message, and all of a sudden, I start getting downloads of things that are from the Spirit that even are outside of what's being said. And I think that's wonderful how Holy Spirit works like that. You know, he, he, that's, that's his presence. That's his anointing. And let's just pray. Let's just pray. <laughs> Lord, just take this time and we give it to you. And Lord, we know it's about you and it's about your presence and it's about your power. It's about you. So we just invite you, Jesus. We invite you, precious Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Numbers. Old Testament, Numbers chapter 13. Very familiar, very familiar passage. Numbers chapter 13, verses 25. I started feeling like the Lord was... um, laying this on my heart, even a few months ago. So here it is. It's time. (laughs) Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. This is about when uh, the children of Israel were were, um, going to go. Moses was sending out the spies to go search out the promised land. Go check it out. And... There were 12 of them, and when they came back, this is what happened, okay? So, Numbers 13, verse 25. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, so they were gone 40 whole days, they went on and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they reported to him and said, we came into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And indeed, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and all the ites are living in the hill country. And the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will certainly prevail over it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people because they are too strong for us. So they brought a bad report of the land, which they had spied out to the sons of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are people of great stature. 
We also saw the Nephilim there. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Let's just bump right on down and then we'll go over the whole thing. Bump right down to chapter 14 in just a couple verses just below. Chapter 14, verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection is gone from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So they come back. They had spent 40 days together. And there are two, of course, completely different reports. But everybody saw the same thing. Everybody experienced the same thing. Now, the first thing they did was they, they, gathered, they gathered some of the milk and honey from the land, which was like the, the fruit of the land. And, um, and it says that they, they carried the grapes and the some of the pomegranates and things like that, they carried the clusters on a pole between two men. So it was, I don't know how big these grapes were. I mean, <laughs> thinking like, what were they, the size of grapefruits? I don't know. I mean, but they were really big. And they needed to put them on, on a pole and carry them that way. So it was, it was a pretty impressive thing. And they saw that, and it was like, wow, this land really is what God said it was. But anyway, again, they spent 40 days together, all together. They were all processing what they were seeing and experiencing. They were making assessments, comments, feeling emotions, etc. So the, ver- the first report, as we saw there, said, yes, it was an amazing place, definitely flowing with milk and honey, but... There are giants in the land, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And, of course, Caleb said, we should by all means go and take it, because God told us we could take it. That was very simple. Now, (laughs) I want to talk a little bit for fun about the giants. Um, Last Halloween, I was driving around, and and I noticed that they had... um, they have these 12-foot-tall um, skeletons that they put on displays in places. They're 12 feet tall. And as I was driving by them, I thought, boy, those are kind of eerie, you know? And as I was driving by, I was wondering how tall they were. So I looked it up, and yes, they are 12 feet tall. Um, and I thought, wow, um, that's, that's, that's really weird. Um, I kind of wonder how tall the giants were in the land that they felt like they were grasshoppers compared to. So um, 
I have a, just a couple of slides just to show you a size comparison on these, these um, skeletons that you can buy um, to display. There's one. Um, it's, see how tall it is? Next, this is a real picture. It's next to a house. So that's how tall it is. Now show the next one, if you can. And that kind of shows you next to people. I mean, wow, you know, I just started to, you know, really think about this. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh. So we always say, oh, what was the matter with them? Why did they even talk about the giants? Well, actually, <laughs> that, it's a little foreboding, actually. I mean, this is the stuff of nightmares. I mean, can you imagine, you know, being chased by one of these tall, <laughs> these tall guys, you know? I mean, these guys were pretty big pretty big dudes. Um, it brought me back to like a, like a nightmare I had had as a kid where I, like a super tall clown about like that size was chasing me. I'm sure you all had those dreams, but, um, you never had that one. Uh, (laughs) those clown dreams. (laughs) Anyway, you, you can take that down, but, but it just got me to thinking like how big, these guys really were. And before you say, oh, I don't really think they were quite that tall, Lynn. Well, actually, believe it or not, some of them were. And we actually, uh, in Deuteronomy, it describes a king, King Og of Bashan, he was called. This guy was so big he had to have a special bed made for him out of iron. It actually gives the measurements in the Bible. This is so interesting. This is great fun to read about this stuff. It was 13 feet long and six feet wide. Like, what? We talk about our little king-sized beds? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's like, how many king, 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 kings? I mean, this thing was huge, but... It's true. This is real. That's accurate. The, he was huge. The guy was huge. You know, this is what these guys were facing. So, so when we read about this, it helps to get a little bit of perspective of, wow, wow, you know, maybe things were pretty, um, pretty foreboding, you know. <laughs> maybe it didn't look too great. I think, I think what's... So, so amazing, though, is that Caleb and Joshua saw the same exact thing. They did. They totally did. They all saw with their eyes. They processed together. They said things out loud. They all processed the same thing. They were all together. But you've got Caleb and Joshua who saw the same thing but came back with a different report. And I really want to focus, I really want to focus today on Caleb because the Bible says that the Lord noticed in him, I'll read it. The Bible says the Lord said, As for my servant, Caleb, 
because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. And I want to talk today about living with a different spirit. Like I said, they both saw the same thing. There's no denying there are giants. There's no denying we face giants. There's no denying that there's gonna, there are obstacles that, that try to bombard us every single day that try to get us to lose hope, that try to get us disappointed, that try to get us just to fall into regular life and not try to believe for anything too great. And I, I, I get that. I, I totally get that. It's funny about Caleb. He didn't deny the seeming impossible reality before him. It's just that he was possessed by a greater reality. He could see something more, something greater than what could be seen with the human eye. So Hebrews says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I love this. It was like Caleb found a place. He found a reality to live in during that time that, that superseded all that was going on around him. And the only thing that Caleb had was that God said it. That's what he had. It was like God said it. God said, this is the land. Therefore, it's ours. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I had a dream about two months ago. And in the dream, it was a very simple dream. It was our property it, somewhere. It didn't look like our property, but it was our property. It was our home. And we were having trees cut down. A lot of trees. And after the trees were cut down, it exposed this beautiful view with mountains. And uh, that was that you know that was basically the whole thing of my dream. And I excitedly I excitedly told people in it in my dream about you'll never believe this. There were trees. And now, but behind all the trees, all this time, there were, were there was this view, and I I feel like there's something in that. Sometimes we get so familiar, we get so familiar with with the trees, <laughs> we get so familiar with with the things in front of us that we don't we we don't realize the view is always there. See, in God's kingdom, the view is always there. It's always there, but there are things that are obstacles at times where we can't, where we can't see it fully. Um, <laughs> sorry, I get a little thrown off with the, um, <laughs> with the, with the wire, <laughs> with the wire issue, um, a different spirit. So I want to talk about a different spirit. 
Listen to this, you guys. He started to, it's like, what is this different spirit, Lord? Because there's something on this. I feel like, yes, that's, that's for us, a different spirit. But what is it? Listen to what a different spirit means in, in the Hebrew. It means another garment. Another garment. Caleb was literally wearing another garment. He put it on, kept it on, and it could be seen by God and by others. Well, that started getting me like, whoa, another garment he put on. And then all of a sudden, I started to think, wait a minute, how many times does the Bible tell us to put on to put on, to put on. And in the Greek, to put on means to clothe or be clothed with in the sense of sinking into a garment. Think about this for a minute. Because Romans 13 says this, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sinking into a garment. What does it look like to sink into a garment? The thing that came to me was how do you sink in? It sounds like it, it's form-fitting. It's, it's a form-fitting garment. It fits closely around you. That's how you sink into it. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sink into him. Sink into his form. <laughs> Let his form fit me. That's putting on. See, I think sometimes we think of put on and, and, and we go, oh, I mean, we think of the put on the armor of God, right? You know, so we literally were like, okay, well, put the helmet, you know, put the breastplate, you know, put it. But this put on is something that I think Caleb found. He found, he found how to put on. <laughs> the Lord. Wow. Does that make any sense to you? I hope so because, man, I was getting this and it was like form fitting. <laughs> wow. Clothing ourselves with Jesus, putting him on. His form-fitting presence, his form-fitting love. Wow. That's how we're transformed, right? Man. Ephesians says, and put on the new self, put on. 
which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. I don't know, you guys, but just this putting on just took on a whole new meaning for me. There was this oneness. I really think that's what God's after here. I do. It's that oneness. It's his form onto our form and our form sinking into his form. That's what it's all about. And I really believe that's what Caleb had found with a different spirit. Second Corinthians 318 says, but we with all with unveiled faces looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the spirit. Wow. Just let that soak for a minute. Just maybe just let's just close our eyes for a minute. And let, let the Holy Spirit kind of speak to you about what that looks like or feels like to sink into him. To let his form wrap your form. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I thought I'd write down some characteristics of people who live with a different spirit. There are millions of characteristics of people who live with a different spirit. So these are only a few. That these are some that came to me. The first one I wrote was remain hope filled. Hope filled. This is not simply being optimistic. This is a supernatural thing. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may what overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. People with a different spirit have learned to encourage themselves and to encourage others. They're totally hope-filled. Think about Caleb, totally filled with hope. They are hope infusers. Boy, do we need hope infusers, right? And you know what? We need to actually become that, but we also need to hang out with other hope infusers too. Think about Joshua and Caleb. They were the only two out of the 12 who believed in a different reality. 
who believed that the promise was just as God said. Only two. They were the minority. They needed each other. It was so key that they infused each other with hope. Um, <laughs> I wrote this this morning. <laughs> I wrote our, our daily diets. <laughs> and I don't mean food. Our daily diets. What are we doing every day to feed and infuse ourselves with hope? You know, I... Um, Man, you know, I, we talked about the news, right? Um, news is fine, but you know how you don't want to, there's a, there's a limit, right? There's, there's a difference between being informed and overly informed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That focus on the giants, right? Exactly. News, uh, social media. Um, so I just want to go off for a second on a rabbit trail. Um, social media, wow, it's a blessing. It is a total blessing. But who ever lived in such a time where you could open up your device and know what thousands of people, what thousands of people are doing today? or have done today, or pictures of what they've been doing. Like, it's like, can you imagine that? We didn't live in that when we grew up. And yet it's common now. It's so common. And yeah, yes, yes, please hear me. I'm not, it's, it's not a bad thing. It kind of helps us to keep informed and stuff like that, and to know how people are doing, et cetera, to pray. It can also get to be too much. It can just get to be too, too much. It's like, wow, how informed do I need to be? This is an overload. And sometimes I, even with things that aren't bad things, and it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's an okay thing. Too much of it, it's it, like junk food. <laughs> you know, too much of it isn't, it just isn't that good. It really isn't, is it? You know, yeah, I just went off on that. That was for myself, by the way. <laughs> Speaking to myself. <laughs> um, testimonies, testimonies, testimonies. That's why I led with it with testimony today. I think if we're going to stay hope-infused, we need testimonies. Um, last week, um, one of our dear, our, our just our, our dear sisters in, in the Lord, um, who has since moved to Maine and has lives in Maine now has written a book and she gave me a copy of her book and her book describes her life story and where, oh gosh, and where God has brought her from, where he's brought her from and, and where she is now. It's her testimony and it is so powerful. And, and you know what? And, and, some of it that blessed me was that part of her healing and part of her transformation took place while she was here with us. Like it, it, it through different 
through sozo, through friends, through prayer, through love, through it, through home groups, through it, it brought her to this powerful, amazing place where she is today. And it's like, oh, that's, that's a testimony. Well, that was a hope. That's a hope injection too. It's like a reminder, like, wow, wow, God, you're always moving. You're always doing these things, but we need to take the time to see it and listen to it and dwell on it. That's what testimonies are about. It's we take the time to say, yes, God, you are moving. You are moving in spite of how I feel or what I see. So good. So good. Another characteristic of people who live with a different spirit. Ooh. Oh, I didn't realize what time it was. Um, they attract the attention of heaven. They carry a childlike faith. I love that. I'm just going to read this because I didn't realize how late it is. The Lord took note of Caleb's spirit. He believed what God said. The Lord's looking for those who will believe what he says. This is a big deal. I'm going to read out of the message from Mark. Jesus was matter of fact. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it. And nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, just say, go jump in a lake. No shuffling or hemming and hawing. It's as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you will get God's everything. That was the message. Ooh, I thought, wow, that is really good. Really good. People who live with a different spirit choose to stay fixed on a greater reality. It's choice. Fix our mind on things above. Whatever we fix our minds on becomes our reality. And it's the way it always has been. You know, I was thinking how Caleb, he had his mind fixed on the promise. He had his mind fixed on, on, on what what God said he was going to do and the promised land and all the good that it was. Do you know, Caleb was so fixed on that, on that other reality, the real reality that for 40 years, even though he had to wait for 40 years before he could enter into the promised land, he didn't get old. Wow. He didn't get old. He was 40 years old when he went with the spies. And then he was 85 years old when it was time to take the lands. And when he was 85, he said to Joshua, listen, I feel just as good. I can do just as much as I did 40 years ago. And now... I want to go take the hill country because that's where some of the big guys are still at. He was 85 guys. We got to get this. He was 85. There's something about this. 
different reality. This other reality, there's this we hear, but then there's this here. There's his reality. And it's just as real today as it was back then. I'm almost done. The last thing, people who walk with a different spirit realize it's not just for them. It's for the generations to come. Jesus said, I pray not only for these, but for those who will come to believe. Jesus was talking about those who would believe in the future. Caleb spent 40 years pouring into the next generation who would be going to the promised land with him. Dr. Kevin Zadai said this, quote from him, there are people depending upon your faithfulness that haven't even met you. We think we aren't making a difference, but our faithfulness speaks and will speak volumes to generations to come. We're not just doing this for us. We are doing this for those to come too. What if we walked with a different spirit? What if every believer on the planet walked with a different spirit? Oh my. Oh my. Hmm. Wow. Wow. A people who walk in faith, hope, and love. A people that will courageously take hold of the amazing inheritance that God has given to us all. I'm going to close with Ephesians which talks about our inheritance. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the boundless greatness of his power toward us who believe Wow. Wow. Let's just, let's just stand. Let's pray. (laughs) I really mean it. What if, what if, what if the world, what, what if these awakenings, what if these pockets, what if the individual stirrings and individuals all over the place is so that we will walk in a different spirit so that we will live in a different spirit. I believe it is. I believe that's what God's doing. Wow. So, wow, Lord, we just, right now, we just, we give you our hearts. We give you our minds. To put on means to sink into so right now 
we sink into you. We sink into you, Jesus. We sink into your presence. We sink into your hope and your love. Lord, we sink into you. We want your form, your form-fittingness to fit our form so perfectly. I believe that's what was in your heart all the time. That we just be one. That we live as one with you. Hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow. Lord, I just pray that you just, over even this coming week and these coming weeks, that, Father, you just make it more and more clear to our hearts and our spirits. Lord, what it means. (laughs) What it means to be fitted by you, to be fitted by your form, to be clothed in you. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray not just for ourselves, but we pray for those to come. We pray for the children. We pray for all the generations. We pray for those that don't live near us. We pray for what's happening around the world. Father, we just ask, move in our hearts, move in hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.